Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. Welcome back to another week of Ghost of a Podcast. This week, I have a really tender question, and it's called, How Do You Forgive and Let Live? Recently, my mother was diagnosed with cancer for the second time in her life. In my gut, I'm just not sure how this time is going to go. In recent years, I've struggled with the relationship we've had, and it hasn't always been the healthiest. I have held a lot of resentments towards her. Given the recent discovery, I'm trying to find my forgiveness, but I still struggle and feel guilt. I do the work both spiritually and in therapy, but I still struggle. How do you let go of past hurt and learn to just live so that you can enjoy the present? Wow. What a deep and important question, you know, certainly alongside your mom's cancer diagnosis, but also in general. This person has not specified whether or not I should share her name, so I'm just going to call her Tia. Tia's birth date is July 14th of 85 at 1246 p.m. in Daly City, California. We're going to look at it through the lens of your birth chart. Because the situation is, of course, very personal to you. But I will say this. I mean, unless you're the Dalai Lama, you're not going to be able to always be present and let go of the past with your family, whether it's your chosen family or your family of origin, but certainly your family of origin. That's just how it goes. We unfortunately in life get really emotionally triggered by our family of origin. I would love to tell you that there's like a magic bullet or, you know, a meditation or a thing you could do to have true peace in the present and to acknowledge your past pains and to just let them go. But that's just not realistic, is it? What I want to start with for you or for anyone else who's listening is acceptance. Somewhere inside of your question is the same thing that I see in most questions that people ask me, which is, how can I stop feeling the way I feel so that I can accept how I feel? How can I stop feeling the way I feel so that I can start to do the work? But the reality is the work is accepting that the way you feel is messy in the present moment. It is accepting that in the present moment, you're terrified for your mother's cancer diagnosis. You're mad at her for things she did when you were little, or maybe last week. You feel messy and complicated and resentful and hurt and sad and guilty and love and hope and fear and all the feelings. You feel all the feelings. That is how you live in the present moment. It's by acknowledging that all of these feelings that you have and all of these thoughts that you have are your present moment. Letting go of the past. Oh, it's it's such a great concept. People say a lot like, oh, that's in the past now. And sometimes things truly are in the past. But what does that really mean? All of your references, all of your assumptions, all of your experiences add up to become the backdrop to your current set of feelings, your current set of assumptions, uh, your, your sense of reality, really. And so when something is in the past, it's your past. So that means it's a part of you. And I think it's really important for us to not idealize that or try to make it very pretty or to say that means that you're not healed. You know, 
the reality of all of this is, is that your mom is in a bad way right now, which means that you really want to be there with her and for her. And you want to be able to be a part of her life while she is alive. And I I don't mean to say that in a heavy way, like she is going to die. There's nothing like a mortality scare or a death scare to really make a person think, okay, I got to be here now. I got to be present now. That said, being present now means recognizing that you can't do it in a way without boundaries. And those boundaries are not necessarily what you need to verbally assert and explain to her. But those boundaries are about you allowing yourself to be who you are, to be where you are, and to make healthy choices in response to those things. Because really, at the end of the day, you're not going to heal all of your past resentments, no matter how much therapy you do, and no matter how much meditating you do, or astrology podcasts you listen to, or whatever. That's not going to, quote, fix it. Instead, it's about being able to be present with, this is the messy, messy way I feel, and I'm still making the choice to show up because that's what's right for me. Because that is who I'm choosing to be in this moment. And I'm not going to deny my feelings. I'm not going to repress my feelings. And also, I'm going to make a choice that is complicated for me on an emotional level and also very clear, right? And, you know, you're not really asking me in your question, should I show up for my mom? Should I be there for my mom? That's not your question. And I think it's not your question because you intend to be there for her and you've already made that decision. I mean, now that I start to look at your birth chart, you know, you're a cancer. You're, you're going to show up. You're going to show up in the best way you know how. It's okay that you have messy feelings and it's okay if you say to yourself, I can hang out at my mom's house over the weekend and I can be there for her in this variety of ways. And when I start to feel overwhelmed, I get to take a walk around the block or I get to hide in the bathroom or I get to do something to kind of separate myself from this situation with my mother who's so very triggering for me and remember who the fuck I am realign with who I am and who I've chosen to be and where I am to realign with your individual agency. I'm choosing to be there for my mom at this time because even though that's an imperfect choice in an imperfect relationship, it is the best choice in front of me at this time. I do, when I look at your chart, feel that it is the best choice in front of you at this time. You know, you have a lot going on astrologically. You have Saturn opposite your midheaven which is really Saturn conjunct the IC. This particular transit is one that happens once every approximately 29 years to everybody, but at different ages for everybody. This transit is associated with the need to really tend to your family stuff. And for some people, that's, you know, the roommate situation and their chosen family of friends. For some people, it's marriage, family, that kind of stuff. And for a lot of people, it's family of origin. And for you, it sounds like at least the thing you're writing in about, it's about your family of origin. And where we have Saturn, we always have the need to take responsibility for how we engage, to take responsibility for what we do and what we prioritize. And that is really what's going on for you. It's been going on throughout 2019 and will be until the end of the year. At the same time, we have Pluto sitting opposite your sun and your Mars, which are very closely conjunct in your birth chart. And in 2020, we'll have a Saturn opposition to that same, those same two planets, your sun and Mars. So all of this adds up to say that you are not going to be able to evade or avoid responsibility. 
you are not going to be able to evade or avoid deep transformation. So whether that means, you know, your mom is sick and you are going through treatment with her, which even if everything turns out, you know, really okay, it it can be quite harrowing for anyone who has had cancer or has loved and supported someone through cancer treatments. It is quite harrowing. These transits may simply indicate that so much of your life has to defer to this stuff. It may indicate that you're just really deeply struggling with how to show up for others in a way that doesn't require you to abandon yourself. This is a really important question because it is not action oriented necessarily. For anyone who supported someone who is ill with physical illness or mental illness, when you are somebody who's supporting someone else, you must inevitably make the choice to put your headache aside or your own crappy day aside to show up for someone else, right? That that kind of thing happens when someone's dealing with something very dire and you want to support them. But the key is not to do that or to not do that. The key is to be honest with yourself about what it's going to cost you and whether or not you can pay that without resentments. Because if you actively pursue things, if you actively choose to do things, if you actively consent to things that you know you're going to resent, or you're pretty sure you're going to resent, then that's on you. You are allowed to say, I really want to show up for you in this, and I can tell that I'm going to be really resentful if I do, so I can't. Or if that's not possible to say, I can tell that this is pushing me and that I risk being resentful. However, the situation is so intense and dire that I have to show up. Okay, what am I going to do for myself afterwards? That's one way of looking at it. Another way, and this is a really important way of looking at it. Okay, this is a choice I am making. And I am making this choice as much for myself so that I am doing what I think is right in this, this situation as I am for her. Because when we start indulging a victim story where I have no choice, then we kind of lose the thread of our own agency and healing gets harder. Clarity around our emotional situation gets muddier. I think it's really hard to do when you do feel victimized and when you do feel like your circumstances are forcing you into a really cramped and uncomfortable corner, which happens to everybody in life and certainly is something that I see in your birth chart has happened to you before. When we allow ourselves to act in a compulsive way out of that sense of, I don't have a choice, we almost never like what happens. And you might choose to do the exact same action. However, to say to yourself, I don't have any good choices. I don't like my choices. I feel mixed about my choice, but I can own that this is my choice and that I am not being forced into this. I am choosing, maybe out of crappy options, but I am choosing. That will really help you. And it will help you not just in this situation, but beyond. Because the reality is, you have Pluto in the first house. For you, letting go is not a quick and easy thing. You know, it's just not. You tend to hold on to ideas and feelings and you you wrestle with them. You wrestle with them a great deal before you are able to kind of make sense of them and determine where they where they land for you. And so allowing yourself the leniency to say, I don't know if I can do this in a healthy way right now, but I know that I'm choosing it. And I know that I don't have to do anything. 
I feel like I have to do something, but I technically know I don't have to do anything. And I'm making a choice. Being able to hold the the messiness and the complexity of that will give you freedom and greater latitude for peace down the line. Because this situation is not just about healing a painful mother-daughter relationship. It's also about showing up for someone who is sick and dealing with fear of losing her. Fear of death, you know, fear of that kind of a calamity is it's so painful and it's so it's just impossible to know what the right thing to do is. When we feel that way, we tend to overextend or shut down. We tend to go into one extreme or another. And what you want to try to do as much as possible is remember your agency. Now, my dear Tia, you are also going through some stuff from Neptune. Neptune is squaring your moon. And by the time it's over, which will be in January of 2020, it'll be two years total that you've been experiencing this. And what this transit does is a lot of things. It makes you feel overwhelmed. It makes you feel quite anxious. But the reason why it happens is to help to spiritualize your life and to spiritualize your relationship to your own psychological and emotional well-being. And the other thing that it's meant to do is get you to have some emotional boundaries. And I think your most comfortable emotional boundary, because you have a moon Uranus opposition in your birth chart, is to bounce. It's to leave. It's to either disassociate or physically remove yourself. That is a limited coping strategy. It's not a bad one. It just can't be your only or your strongest one. You want to add clearer psychic and emotional boundaries, right? And this is a lot of what I've been talking about so far in my answer to your question is finding your agency and recognizing that if you cannot find your agency, perhaps you cannot do the action. Perhaps you need to take a step back to either figure out what is authentic and true for you, what you can do without resentments, or whether or not you feel that you need to do it anyways and deal with the feelings later, but to always take responsibility for it. You made the choice. You made the call, right? This is a really important thing because where we have Neptune by transit, we tend to feel victimized, like we don't have a choice. But again, recognizing on a spiritual level where you do have the choice will really support you. Now, if I'm being honest, having Pluto opposite two planets in your birth chart does not suggest to me that this process is going to be easy for you with your mom. And that doesn't mean the worst case scenario. You know, I just think it could be as simple as your gut instinct that things aren't going to go well is going to color this whole experience for you. Also, you know, you mentioned that your mom has had cancer once before, but now that you know what to expect, now that you're older, that on its own might make it worse for you. So I want to encourage you to keep on doing the spiritual work you're doing, to keep on doing therapy, and to not isolate yourself. What I've experienced through counseling people is that our friends and family members, the people who love us and like us, love to rush forward with, oh my God, I'm so sorry, thoughts and prayers, heartsy heartsies, sometimes flowers at first. But People have their own lives and they have their own fears around death and illness and intensity and pain. And people have a really hard time showing up over the long haul for things that are really complicated like this. And so it can become easy to feel isolated or to actually be isolated. Find the friends that can hold space for you and share the truth of what's going on for you with them. 
if you don't have people like that in your life, maybe joining some sort of a support group is a good idea because where we have Pluto by transit, we have the risk of really isolating ourselves and and slipping into self-destructive patterns when we do that. So I really want to encourage you to do that. It's okay to ask for help. If people say, help, I already helped you. I said something nice three months ago. Then you can be like, okay, this is this is a pal. This isn't a friend. This isn't like a deep, reliable connection. And you are likely to figure out that some people are not to you what you hoped they were through this period. Better to know. It's just better to know. Now, my love, I'm sorry that I haven't given you a very clear, clean, how do you let go of the past and just live in the present answer? Because Again, your present is that you have not let go of your past. Your present is that your past is messy and that you love your mother, even though you got hella issues with her. That's the present. So you don't need to let go of the past to hold space for the messiness of the present and to make choices moment to moment about what you can do with all that information. I wish you and your family a lot of wellness and health and resiliency through this time. And thank you so much for writing in. Darlings, welcome back to the Horoscope Corner. There's a lot to talk about. There's a lot to talk about in the world. And there's something so painful that I want to talk to you guys about this week. I know. I know that's not the most exciting thing for you to hear me say. Come on, Jessica, don't be such a bummer. That said, The concentration camps that exist in the United States with thousands and thousands of children and adults who are all refugees from harrowing conditions and have fought so hard to come here. Um, And now they are being detained. Detained feels like a really, like a tidy and clean word to be detained. I mean, i I feel like detained doesn't actually accurately express what is happening. You know, when people are locked in by others with guns and don't have freedom and they're completely reliant on their captors for food and medicine and light and warmth for their survival, that's not really being detained, is it? That's something else. And the conditions that these people who've come here for refuge are being forced to live in, from what we know, is hellacious. It's not safe. People are dying. Children are dying. And we don't know much. Lawmakers and journalists are not allowed in. That should rock everyone to their core. This idea that I see in, you know, in journalism of like, don't call them concentration camps. Concentration camps were this one thing where there are gas chambers. Well, that's not how they started. That's how they ended. Trump has threatened to mobilize ICE to do raids, to round up millions of humans. The rounding up and the where they go and how they are treated should terrify you. It should hurt you. I want to urge you to be aware of what's happening right now. Protect your neighbors. The thing about when we look at something like what happened with the internment camps here in the U.S. or when we look at what happened in Nazi Germany, that militarized government perpetrates evil against humans, vulnerable humans, I'm sorry to say is not a surprise. What is a surprise is when the populace lets it happen. 
and doesn't stand up for each other. Now, it shouldn't be a surprise, I guess, because it happens over the course of history over and over again. But listen, there's a lot of things that you and I cannot control. I haven't spoken about this enough in such a way that accurately reflects how much I think about it and how deeply I feel about it. Because I haven't known how to say something constructive, how to say the right things, or to make it so that in some way you can feel empowered to action. And and then here we are with this threat from Trump to empower ICE to do really terrible things. It's not just to people who are here illegally. It's terrorizing people. It's terrorizing immigrants. It's terrorizing brown people. And it needs to not be okay with you. You need to really deeply care about this and commit to not being okay with it and to paying attention to what's happening in your place of work, on the train, going to and from things, at school, um, whether you're in school or you're picking up a kid from school, you know, whatever it is that your life is about, pay attention, stand up for people, be a witness, insert yourself, especially if you're white or you have white passing privilege. Insert yourself when you see somebody being harassed or bothered or clocked by civilians or by ICE, because we have to stand up for each other. We, we really do. And, and, you know, I, on social media, on Twitter, and especially on Instagram, I've got, I've been like starting to compile action items and names of organizations that across the United States you can become aware of, that you can turn to for information and actions. And so if you are on Instagram, you can go to the highlights on my bio and then click on the actions and news button. And there, there'll be a bunch of stuff compiled there. If you sort through my Twitter feed, you can also find stuff there. I am not the expert <laughs> on this topic and I am not your best news source. I hope I'm not your only news source. But please do, you know, use that stuff if it's useful to you. I'm going to keep on trying to add to it um, and see if I can become more organized about it in some way. And let me tie this into astrology for you. Can I? Shall I? Can I? Shall I? Okay. So here's the thing. You know how much I care about the world and how much I care about the world has so much to do with why I even started this podcast, because I wanted to create some spiritual and astrological context to these really kind of scary times that we're living through. And I want to do that because in part, that's my lens. Uh, for understanding the world. And I find it a very useful lens, but also because I want us all to honor the greatest potential of our own individual souls by finding a way of participating in the world at this time in a way that reflects our soul's truth instead of what we're scared of. And it is scary to take action. It is scary to learn about politics or to talk about politics. It is scary to be in disagreement with other people about these things. And it's important that you do it anyways. I want to say that the outer planets, Saturn and Pluto and Uranus, you know, their activities make me very nervous for us as, as a planet. And certainly in the U.S. makes me very nervous. That's what motivates me to action. It's what motivates me to deepen my capacity for experiencing empathy and compassion and for acting from that place as much as possible. And part of having active empathy and compassion is not turning away from other people's suffering just because you don't know what to do. And it's really tempting to do that. Now, we have entered into eclipse season. Dun, dun, dun. And what that means is we are now in 
cancer season. And I kind of glossed over it in the podcast last week, the entry of the sun into cancer, because there was so much going on. But here we are in cancer season. That means the sun is moving through all 30 degrees of cancer. And what is happening within this season is that we are going to have two eclipses in the month of July. I'll unpack them more specifically as time progresses and in the next episode and beyond. But I want to go broad strokes here. Eclipses always happen in pairs. We have the solar eclipse, which is a new moon, and the lunar eclipse, which is a full moon. When eclipses occur, honestly, in my view, when they hit your chart directly, when they hit your birth chart directly, you're going to feel them in a really big way. If you don't get any strong transits from those astrological events to your birth chart, my sense is that in general, it doesn't do a great deal to you personally. However, eclipses have a huge impact on the world, on the hearts and minds of people. And when I say people, I mean as community, as society. And so as we move into these themes of Cancer and Capricorn, because it is cancer season, the new moon is in Cancer, the full moon will be in Capricorn. We see the themes of patriotism, loyalty, clannishness, and the way they do and don't get served by government, patriarchy, corporations. Eclipses take about six months to play out. So we see that what is going to be going on at this time, in particular in the month of July, and here we are just at the end of June as I say this, is going to be really big. And it's going to challenge you out of your comfort zone because the sign of cancer is involved. Because the sign of cancer is involved, you can say, I can't because, and really mean it because you really feel it. You can say, because the sign Capricorn is involved, I'm too busy because. It's not my responsibility because. And mean it. That's real. Also, I want to encourage you not to do that because everybody's your family member. Even your enemies in the family of humanity, uh, we must, we must protect the vulnerable. We must care and we must do it in a way that is sustainable, but we must do it. And so I imagine that these themes are going to take a greater hold and we have choice. We have agency around how we are going to participate both on a personal level, emotionally and in the world at large. And that's through the force of our actions. For some of us, our actions are going to look like activism or a million other things. They're going to be very Capricorn-oriented. They're going to be like, get out there, climb a ladder. When you get to the top of the ladder, walk onto the new plateau, figure out what you're going to do, climb another ladder, right? And for others of us, it's going to be more about challenging our feelings and challenging the way we relate to others and supporting others to do the same. It's going to be more emotional and it's going to be more interpersonal, that Cancerian theme. For even more people, it's going to be a combination of the two, is my hope. This is all to say, big feelings are up. And big changes are up. And it's time for you to really challenge yourself to be aware and to be engaged and to talk about this stuff with other people. Talk about it with your friends that aren't political. Talk about it with your with your parents. Talk about it with people who you disagree with. And I'm not saying to, you know, change their minds, but having conversations, not fights, not finger pointing sessions, but actual conversations is what changes hearts and minds. And if you have the capacity, if you have the space to do that, please, I beg of you do. Try it. Just try it. How you feel is so important. But if you don't act on those feelings, then how is that a part of your legacy of what you leave behind? The thing is, we let things get bad 
when A, we turn away and we don't let ourselves be informed, and B, when we think it's someone else's job and someone else will do it. So find your way of participating this week. Find your way of participating next week. Keep on trying. I really earnestly believe this. I believe that if, let's say there's 10 of us, right? And of the 10 of us, three of us have the energy to do something this week. And then three of us do not have the energy to do something this week. And then another three of us, how many threes are in my 10? And then another three of us are learning something from that first three. If we have some version of that, like a human wave of engagement and effort, then real change can not only happen, but be sustained. But if the most progressive, caring, loving, empathetic, sensitive amongst us shut down from the world in efforts to only take care of ourselves, then what will happen, my loves? What will happen? So take your sensitivities, take your capacity for love and empathy, and apply it to the vulnerable amongst us. Okay, now to the immediate astrology of the week. We are looking at June 23rd through 29th of 2019. We have about two weeks till the first eclipse. And so that's something that you're likely to be feeling, as I mentioned before. But on the 23rd of June, we have a Venus opposition to Jupiter. And that will overlap with Venus squaring Neptune on the 24th. Now, these two transits they can play out in a lot of different ways. Venus, as you know, is your relationships, your relationship to others, your relationship to beauty, to gender, and even to money. And the connective tissue with all of these things is Venus is values. It's what you value, who you value, how you express and experience that value. And Jupiter and Neptune are both very spiritual planets. They can be very empathetic. They can mark a time where you do all the things I was just talking about, where you get involved and you get concerned and you find ways of expressing that in the world. And that is actually really exciting. The problem is because it's an opposition and then a square, there's a risk that you will do this in a way that is so extreme that you burn yourself out five seconds after you start. Or you become so attached to your vision of how things are supposed to look or how other people are supposed to react. In order to be of service, you kind of can't be too fixated on the immediate outcome because it's really a process. On a dating level, on a personal love tip, this can be a really great time to fall in love with a beautiful illusion. So be careful about that. Watch your drinking and your substance use in general. And in fact, Venus squared and Neptune and Venus opposition to Jupiter, both in different ways, can incline us to forego safer sex against our better judgment. So my friends, I say to you, when your astrologer says, have safer sex, you do it, right? You just do it. So be safe, prioritize your health and wellness above your fun time, especially if it's a quickie fun time. And especially if you don't even know if it's going to be that fun in advance, if you know what I'm saying, ladies, am I right? So Okay, all of that said, it brings us to the 27th. And on the 27th, we have a sun sextile to Uranus. Sun sextile to Uranus is actually really exciting. It's a time where we are innovative and where we can make things happen. This is not necessarily energizing in a way that is like fortifying. It's more energizing in a way where it's like, oh, that's the way forward. It's kind of, I guess, more of an innovative energy than a buoying energy. So what I want to encourage you to do around this date is strategize, 
What is it that you want to be doing in your life? Is there a problem that you've been really stuck on? Have you been just putting something off forever and you know you need to do it? This transit will kind of give you the energy you need to be able to see what's in front of you with a slightly different perspective or to just kind of get through things. So as much as possible, I encourage you to activate your life around the 27th. Okay. Now, my loves, if it feels like more as I imagine it's going to, that's really, let's let's blame it on the eclipses, shall we? And also, as you may know, on the 23rd of June, which is Sunday, the day this podcast drops, I am doing my first live webinar at 3 p.m. Pacific time on the 23rd. If you haven't already signed up, you still can. You can last minute sign up and join me live. I'm really excited. This talk, you've heard me talk about it before, I will just say briefly, is about emotional intelligence. And I really deeply, passionately believe that the greater our emotional intelligence and our emotional resiliency is the more equipped we are to deal with not just our personal lives, but the humanitarian crises that are around us. I really believe that the heart is the bridge between the mind and the soul. And being comfortable and safe on that bridge is so valuable in life. So I do hope you'll join me. If you don't already know, you can find the link in my show notes. You can go to my website where I will have it on the events page until I think until after the 23rd. And if not, I'll add it to the shop page. And that way you can find it forevermore and in perpetuity. As always, I want to thank you so much for listening to this podcast and supporting me by showing up week after week and sharing it with your friends and sharing it on social media. If you haven't already subscribed to it, wherever you're listening to it, please do. And if wherever you're listening to it allows you to star or rate it or leave a review, I want to I want to encourage you to do that. And thank you so much for doing it. I honestly have gotten just the most amazing and tender reviews recently. I just I can't even thank you guys enough for just the kindness that you show me and your willingness to learn and grow. And it's just really beautiful. And I don't want to get all emo about it. You don't need to hear me get emo the whole podcast through, but okay. It just really does touch me. So thank you so much. And as always, you can support my work on Patreon. Be kind to yourself, be kind to others, and look out for others now and moving forward. Every year they say the end is near.